Welcome to A Girl's Guide 2, the podcast designed to help generations of women enhance their minds, love their bodies, and heal their souls. I'm your host, Michaela, a girl navigating life and helping you do the same. I am so happy and grateful that you are here. Let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode of A Girl's Guide 2 and Happy Monday. As you can see here, I have my lovely friend Meredith joining (laughs) us for today's special guest episode. Um, Yeah, so actually, let me just start off with having Meredith introduce herself before we hop into (laughs) the episode. Go for it, girl. All right. Hi, guys. I'm Meredith. Um, I am a part-time occupational therapist and content creator slash photographer. Um... I wear many hats, but those are just kind of the main jobs that I have currently. Um, And yeah, really excited to talk to you guys kind of about my journey to learning how to live my best life while also still working and taking on all these different projects. Yes, I love it. And I love you. I'm so happy we're finally doing this. Meredith and I talk in the DMs like every day we have like (laughs) five minute audio messages going back and forth and we literally just connected last year like that is the coolest thing about social media as I'm sure you can agree is just the connections and we connected over Airbnb content creation it's a bit of what Meredith does as she mentioned but we both had this realization recently that in 2024 we really want to prioritize kind of like a slower life and really finding a work-life balance and retiring the hustle culture. Um, Both of our parents or, you know, sets of parents were raised to have this kind of hustle mentality, this grind mentality. And while we both do think it's important to put in the work, show up, do the action, it's also important to prioritize rest, right? So to kind of start off this hot topic, Meredith, why don't you explain just a little bit about your upbringing and how you kind of saw your dad or your mom or whoever it was for you, like working and, and how that kind of paved the path that you have previously been on. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I am from South Carolina originally, my family, I come from like a long line of very hard workers on both sides on my dad's side. It's like a long line of farmers. So, I mean, if you've ever met a farmer, you know, that they are some of the most hardworking people like that you'll ever meet. Mm -hmm. Um, they're up before the sun. They are, you know, always doing all of these different things that literally you can't take a break from just to keep things running. So I think that very much has like played into my dad's mentality for sure Mm -hmm. about like work and um, you know, the meaning of work and why work is important. And then my mom is also a really hard worker. Uh, She is a nurse. So her work schedule looks a little bit different than like, say my dad's, my mom works three days a week, but if you've ever met a nurse, (laughs) you know, nurses work harder than almost anyone as well. I mean, it's just such a demanding job. So I come from two very hard workers. Um, And so when I was growing up, my parents always were like, you know, you need to work really hard. You need to go to college and make sure that you get like a good degree and then get a really good job and then be secure so you can take care of yourself and your family. And that was just like something that was always like kind of pushed on me. And it was very much like, um, this idea of work is like the meaning of life, life right? Like mm. you're finding your purpose and then working 
to fulfill that purpose, like that's why we're here. That's that's kind of uh more so like what my dad's philosophy was growing up. My mom also like definitely believes that too, but she's more of especially as she's gotten older, she's more of the mindset of like, okay, work is still really important, but you also need to have time to like enjoy your life too. It's not right. the only thing that's important. Um, so I just kind of grew up, grew up feeling like, all right, I've got to get good grades. I've got to work really hard. I need to get a really good job so that I can do the things and like, you know, have my purpose and mm -hmm. essentially live out like what my parents taught me. Right. Yeah. I completely relate to that. I think also for me watching, but my parents, not just hearing them, but actually watching them work multiple jobs day and night. And, you know, we were definitely less fortunate when I was growing up. And it's crazy mm -hmm. because you don't really, you don't know how much of an impact the words or the actions of your parents have on you until you get, I think like, in your early twenties, right. And mid twenties, or maybe a little bit later on, but for me, it's, it's really just starting to hit now. I'm like, why do I think this way? Why do I think that, you know, in order for me to say, I have a, I had a successful day, I have to have 50 things checked off my to-do list. Like, why yeah. is it? And I had to sit with myself and really like go back and realize that it's because that's how I watched my parents work. That's how yes. I was raised was the way to have a productive, successful day, the way to make money, the way to live a good life is to put in 50, 60 hours a week. Um, yeah. But now finally realizing that that's not the truth and that rest is really important. It's been a challenge. And I know that you expressed this as well. So, and I yes. don't know if we we mentioned this, but Meredith is in her thirties now. So she is 30, 30 and what did they say? 30 and flirty, 30, flirty and, and thriving. <laughs> so she has her experience working through her twenties. And I could, I want to know like, when was it that you kind of had this shift or, you know, what, maybe what did your twenties look like for you that you don't want to bring into your thirties now that you've had this shift of, Oh, wait a minute. Rest is actually important. Okay. So this is like a multi, uh, faceted answer. Yeah, okay. So I, this is a also a shameless plug for occupational therapy. So for those of you who are not familiar with what occupational therapists do, essentially we help people across the lifespan recover from illness, injury, um, managing chronic conditions, basically anything that is preventing you from being independent and doing the things that you want to do mm -hmm. to function in your day-to-day -day life. Um, it's very broad, so it can be kind of hard to explain, but I would say just to kind of give a brief, like snap of what I do, mm -hmm. I work in, um, acute care now. So I work in like a big hospital system and I work with trauma patients. I work with stroke patients, um, people who have chronic health conditions, cancer patients, um, people, just people ac across the spectrum and across the lifespan. So it's a very fulfilling job, but it is also very physically and emotionally demanding. Mm -hmm. Um, so when I was in my twenties, most of my twenties were spent working as an aide so that I could become an occupational therapist. I wanted to get as much experience as I possibly could. Um, so I worked full-time doing that, making like literally $10 an hour for like years, um, finally got all of my observation hours and all that jazz. I spent two years applying to programs, finally got into one, went to grad school for two years, got my master's degree. And I started my first real big girl OT job at 27. Um, 
And then I worked so hard at that job. I gave it my everything because I truly felt like occupational therapy was my purpose. And I do still feel like it is very much part of my purpose. Um, but I worked really, really hard. I gave that, that first job, everything I had. Um, I thought about work all the time. I thought about my patients off the clock, how I could help them, what I could do to, you know, make them better. And I saw a lot of success. My patients did really well. I had great outcomes. And then, you know, about two years into my OT journey, we had COVID hit. Ah. So that really changed the landscape of healthcare um, and kind of how patients see us as providers as well. That was um, something that was kind of hard to navigate. Just general distrust uh, kind of like rose. So there were there were just so many things about COVID that were so hard to deal with as a practitioner. Um, you know, we, I had to, fortunately I live by myself, so I didn't really have to worry about getting my family sick, but I was, I was in interacting with um, positive patients eight hours a day. I would wear an N95, like a respirator on my face, eight hours a day, come home with bruises all over my cheeks, all over my ears. Um, I mean, I was constantly exposing myself to getting sick. Um, A lot of my friends got really sick. I treated patients who, you know, had it at the beginning um, and then ended up passing away. Like it's just, it was so, so hard. Like it's just, it's crazy to think about that. So anyway, that was a lot of stress on my body, Mm -hmm. Uh, my mental health, all of that. Um, And in 2021 is when I kind of had this like inkling of, okay, maybe things are not as they should be in terms of like work-life balance. Um, Because again, I was still working full-time. I was working through all of that stuff and my body just like started to say, I have like had enough. Mm -hmm. So I started getting stress hives, like all over my body at work. Um, I, I have never really struggled with acne except for when I was like a teenager. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I was breaking out all over my face in like horrible cystic, like painful acne. Nobody could tell me why it was happening. I like begged one of my doctors to test my hormones. She wouldn't. Um, I had this like really severe allergic reaction on my face to like a skincare product. And I actually had to be on steroids for like six weeks. Girl, so it, it ruined my health. Like it was just That's so wild. bad. Like, yeah, it was a horrible, horrible time. But I'm glad that it happened because especially the stress like hives Mm -hmm. and just like the severe like anxiety that I was having about work, being at work, going to work, you know, anything related to work. Um, I should also add, I was in a very toxic work environment that didn't help either. Uh, but it made me realize that like, I am literally suffering. Like my body is suffering Mm -hmm. because of this (laughs) like because of working because of like doing too much all the time and just like pushing myself to I don't have anything left Mm -hmm. and that's when it was like this huge like light bulb for me where I was like oh maybe I should think about you know how much I'm working and like how much energy and just like thought I am putting into just fitting into this mold that I have been told that's like the only way to be Mm -hmm. yeah yeah well, 
first of all, I did not know any of that. So that's wild. <laughs> I can't believe that. It's crazy how much our like brain, body, and just the things that we're experiencing can affect those things, right? Like the stress yeah. vibes, that's wild. And I know like people who suffer from anxiety get like anxiety rashes and things like that. But I'm yeah. so happy, even though it was awful, right? Sometimes those terrible things are <laughs> the best things for us because it pushes us to where we need to be. So you're not doing that anymore. You're part-time now, right? So yes. you're in more of a creative space, which is really wonderful. I think any sort of creative space that you can get into to help with a work-life balance that I've noticed that's been really helpful for me. So like I picked up crocheting recently, I'm doing scrapbooking, I'm joining a book club, um, Love that. So like a few creative things outside of what I do for work to make sure that I have that balance. What does that look like for you now that you've gone part-time with your job? What sort of balancing acts or what things have you introduced for yourself? Okay. So, uh, there's a couple of different things that I do to keep myself kind of regulated and happy. Um, but first I just wanted to touch on the fact that after I did quit the job that was causing me all of the stress, <laughs> I found another job. I thought it was going to be part-time, but it wasn't. I was still working like five to six days a week mm. and mm, like physical, my physical health was okay, but my mental health was probably the worst it's ever been. Um, and that's what really pushed me into looking for a part-time position. So I just want to say that if you are, I know that I'm privileged to be able to work part-time, like definitely want to acknowledge that, but I just want to encourage anyone else who's out there that feels like, you know, oh, I have to work full-time. I have to work full-time. If you can make it work doing part-time work and then filling in those gaps with other things you love, do that. Whatever it takes, like no job is ever worth your health. Mm -hmm. I will, I will die on that hill. Yeah. Um, but that being that. said, well, no, it, actually that's a, we can pause there because I love that. Yeah. And that is so true. And I've always expressed that because no job is no matter how much money your mind, your mental health, your physical health, just the relationship you have with yourself and your life is priceless. You were yes. never going to be able to say, well, this job pays me X amount of money. So the stress and the, you know, horrible things I'm going through are worth it. Never, like never worth never, it. Never, no matter how much money, if you are so stressed to the point where your body is literally having all of these crazy reactions or you're just depressed, like what kind of life yeah. is that? Not it's any no way kind to of live. life to live. No, definitely not. But yeah. You can keep going now. <laughs> I yeah. just wanted to say that I like, I love that you said that because I've had a few friends in my life or like my mom, for example, has had to leave some jobs that I'm always pushing her like, you don't like the job, ma, like leave it. Yeah, I, I do agree with what you're saying. You know, obviously not everybody has the privileges to work part time or, you know, they need the money and that's totally understandable. But I think it just comes down to finding that time or making that time to fill up your cup because if you have to work full time okay understandable you have to make your money but your self-care and that life part of the balance is just as important it should be like yes. scheduled into your calendar just like you schedule in your work days you know what I mean yeah so for you what does that look like when you are scheduling little self-care moments to find that balance so there are a couple of things I do to kind of keep myself like regulated and just feeling generally pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, one is definitely moving my body in yes. any way. I'm a big hiker. I love being outside. So even just going for like a short little walk or spending 15 minutes in the sun 
or whatever it looks like. Um, it does not have to be like some massive hike in the mountains, although I'd prefer that. Like yes. that's what I like. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, just like any kind of movement. Like I find that I feel better if I'm making it a point to move, mm-hmm. even if it's just a walk. Walking is truly the most underrated exercise so if you're like the kind of person where you're like oh I can't afford all this like expensive self-care stuff or like a really fancy gym membership that's cool I also I like I couldn't afford that for most of my my 20s and I wish honestly that I had started daily walks sooner because they're the best thing um that could have happened for my mental health but yeah definitely getting outside I can attest to the daily walks. You know, I do my hot girl walks. I'm at yeah. Chapel every day this past summer. Yes. I'm outside walking to the beach every day. And I totally attest to that and say, yes, get outside. Or if you can, you know, if you're in a cold place like me, go get a $10 membership to get on the treadmill. But if not, bundle yeah. the fuck up and get outside. <laughs> and get out there because that fresh air is so good yeah. for you. Yeah. So that's definitely one of them is like movement. Um, and then what else was going to say? Oh, um, just kind of like watching what I eat too has been a big thing. That's also something I wish I would have started earlier in my twenties. Um, I, in my thirties have really been able to pay attention to like, how do I feel after I eat certain foods? Because I've found like some foods give me more energy while others actually seem to like take energy away from me. Mm. So I definitely can tell that uh, actually just, I was reading a study the other day that was linking like um, increased anxiety and depression to diet. Mm. So what you eat really does like have an impact on how you feel in terms of your mental health. I know I suffer from anxiety. I've always just kind of been an anxious person. Mm -hmm. Um, and my anxiety does seem to be worse when I'm eating poorly. Uh, it's not that you can't eat, you know, really yummy things that have like (laughs) no nutritional value, just like moderation is really the key, but I find that I feel better and, um, I feel more balanced when I am watching kind of what I'm consuming. Mm -hmm. And on that note, another thing, (laughs) you're going to say social media, aren't you? (laughs) I just said consuming and then it like made me think of this. So it also has to do with what you are consuming in front of you too. So, you know, I find that my anxiety and just like overall well-being is worse when I'm chronically online. Yes. Agreed. which sucks because as does, a creator like what you want to do for work yeah it's really hard <laughs> yeah so definitely like I think uh making it a point to have like set limits on how long you can like be on Instagram or TikTok like per day that does help I will say I am not always great at that like I definitely am a doom scroller and I'm trying to work on it mm-hmm. but that makes a really big difference it so does. I guess main things are like watching or making sure I'm getting movement and sun Mm -hmm. um and fresh air and then watching consumption both in all mental and (laughs) physical (laughs) yeah those are the really the big things what about you like what do you think helps you Mm -hmm. yes so recently it has come down to having a schedule. So kind of like I mentioned earlier, like scheduling self-care moments, making sure that they're a priority because I used to just wake up and get right to work, like start Mm. answering emails. I actually deleted the Gmail app 
off of my phone completely because I was realizing <laughs> how toxic it was. And I was yeah. opening my email like 20 plus times a day for no reason. Why I'm not getting emails every second of the day. Why am <laughs> I, why am I doing that? So I like deleted that. So I think definitely from a creator perspective, like the social media part is huge for me and, and setting boundaries around that. But as far mm -hmm. as like the work life thing, um, I think having a third place. So this is something that I recently saw on TikTok and they were, like they were sharing it in a way of dating. They were saying like, if you're trying to date, you're trying to meet people, you need a third place. That's not your home or your work. But for me, I'm not pursuing dating like that. So I took it as a third place for me to, give back to myself and for me to find that work-life balance. So, you know, typically I would say my third place is the gym because I do go there every day. Yeah. But I think that for me, I needed just an extra because I, I only, my work and my home is the same place. So I needed more third places. So that's why, like I said, I introduced, I'm starting a book club or I'm going to a book club for the first time on uh, Tuesday, actually. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and I take crochet classes every other Tuesday. So the book club and the crochet class just so happens to land on the opposite Tuesdays. So I can do both, which is really cool. Um, and I think the other part of finding the balance is more of just, um, building a better relationship with myself and and not mm -hmm. and kind of unlearning all those things that we were talking about earlier right unlearning yes. the the ways that the generations before us thought meant success um mm -hmm. and and kind of rebranding what success and productivity means to me um mm -hmm. and and really trying to not feel guilty for resting um, yes. you know, my sister put into perspective for me one time last year, a few months back, I had a little mental breakdown and called her down to my room. I'm like, come here. I need your help. I don't know. I'm like sobbing. <laughs> she comes down. Right. And I tell her everything. And she's like, you do realize that you don't stop. She was like, you wake up every day. You start posting on your stories. You're constantly mm -hmm. trying to make content, do this, do that. She's like, you're up until 10 PM. She's like, if you worked a normal job, a nine to five job, you'd get there at nine. You'd leave at five. You wouldn't do any work outside of those hours. Why don't you do that for yourself as a creator, entrepreneur. And obviously this is a bit niche because I know that not everyone listening has the entrepreneur lifestyle, but mm -hmm. I think just approaching even your nine to five that way, like, like you were saying, right. When you were working that job, you left and still thought about work the whole time. Like, I think just, we have to not identify with our work, right. We are yes. not our work. Yes. We are not our oh my job. God. Like we are so much more than that. So yeah, that was a whole lot. And I know you have some things to say. <laughs> so go, go. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. So that was honestly the biggest lesson that, well, besides learning that like no job is worth your health right. collapsing. Mm -hmm. That was the biggest lesson that I had to learn in my late twenties into my early thirties was like, you know, you're not what you do. Okay. Like Yes. you're not like I'm not just an occupational therapist no. me being an occupational therapist is one of many hats that I wear yeah. like who okay for just something that I wanted to bring up because being the kind of healthcare worker that I am I work with people in a very very vulnerable state right right sometimes I'm working with people on the absolute worst day of their lives and that is a privilege to guide somebody through recovery back to independence, like through this struggle that they're having. But that being said, I get to witness a lot of things that I think 
normal regular people who don't work in that specific setting like they don't get to see that about yeah yeah and so something that I see a lot is people who you know they have this traumatic accident or they have this big health event happen to them and it completely changes the way that their day-to-day is for the foreseeable future or maybe forever and they grapple so heavily with this like loss of identity Mm. and so that has made me really think like okay who am I if I got everything taken away from me tomorrow who who would I be if I woke up god forbid tomorrow got in a massive car accident broke my arms and legs and like had to learn how to walk all over again because I can tell you right now it would be hard not to be able to do things like driving or going hiking or like any of those things like it's just so it's so important to be able to separate yourself from what you do and who you are like who you are is not what you do what you do is just a part of like it's just a part of this experience we're having yeah (laughs) yeah it's just a part of this experience it's not the most important thing and that is truly something that I see older generations really struggle with like their entire identity is caught up in well I'm this or you know well I'm a manager at this big business or like I'm an I'm an engineer I'm this I'm this I'm that like yeah it becomes like their whole identity and so then they get can I am I allowed to curse on here oh girl you know you are okay so (laughs) they get their shit absolutely rocked whenever there's a change to any of that you see it happen a lot in retirement age too because Mm, people have like really bought into this lie that work is the only important thing that we do in life and so then they don't have to work anymore and they're like well, it's retirement. I can start drinking at like 6 a.m. Who cares? No rules. Right, like, right. which like, you know, if that's what you want to do, more power to you. But <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, it's just, you can cause yourself so much less suffering if you, if you kind of learn earlier on that you're not, your entire identity isn't what you do and whether you're productive or yeah. whether you're working. Like, yeah, you can just be yourself. Like, it's it's okay. <laughs> like yeah. that should be enough. It should like, be enough. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting that you said that because I was it just had me thinking about for the brief moment, the very brief moment I put myself on dating apps a couple months back. Brief uh-huh. meaning like three days and then I deleted it because I was like, bitch, why did you do this? But <laughs> It's funny because I think about like, what's the first question people ask? It's usually, what do you do do for work? What's your job? Yeah. Or even if you're just out and like you're meeting people, it's always, what do you do for work? Not like, oh, what do you like to do for fun? Or like your hobbies or, you know, everybody's just like, what do you do for work? And I don't think that it's anyone's fault necessarily. It's just like we're saying, it's just this generational thing that has continuously happened. But I think like, the younger millennials and the Gen Z, is that my generation? I think, right? Uh-huh. Millennial, yeah. I think <laughs> that like our generations are just so, going to be huge for change. Like we are going to just create so much change. And I feel like we're already there, right? Like even having mm-hmm. these types of conversations, people in the older generations are not talking about these kinds of things, right? Because it's just, no. it was not <laughs> it was not the norm when they were, when they were growing up and they didn't have as many opportunities and, you know, freedoms that we now have to be able to find more of a work-life balance. So I just really think that it's our job, every generation, generation after generation, it's our job to learn from the generation before us, take the things that mean something to us and that work for us. And then 
challenge the other things, right? And be yeah. like, hey, you know what? I actually see the way that that has worked out for you. Doesn't look too good. I don't really yeah. think I want to that path. Don't, don't really know if I want that. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, Meredith, as we start to wrap up here for today's episode, I'd love to just hear some of your final words, your advice to any young woman looking to find that work-life balance, looking to unlearn those old beliefs and just kind of create a new identity for herself moving into this year? Well, I think it's just so important to remember that like my friend told me this a few years ago and it stuck with me forever. Your worth is not equal to your productivity. Mm -hmm. So if you are like having a day where you're just like, I am so tired. I don't want to do anything. But this like voice in the back of your head is like, no, like you have to get out and go do something like we need to have a to do list. Like, no, you don't. (laughs) You don't need to have a to do list. It is perfectly okay to just like take a day to yourself and chill. Mm -hmm. And usually so our bodies are extremely intuitive. Um, And if your body is giving you these signals, you probably need a break. You've probably needed a break. Like, so just take that as like an excuse to take a day for yourself. Like, don't feel like you constantly have to be living up to someone else's to-do list. I know like for myself, especially in the creator space, Mm. I'll see people's like to-do lists and things like that. And sometimes I'll kind of get caught up like comparing myself, like, oh, they're doing so much. I should be doing all Mm. these things. Like, just remember like your, your life doesn't have to look like somebody else's Mm -hmm. and you don't have to have a 15 point to do list. (laughs) Like it's okay to just like chill. Um, your body will thank you for it. Also, also just wanted to like add that stress is the biggest killer in America. So it contributes to all chronic disease. The best thing that you can do for your health is to manage your stress effectively. And a lot of that starts with just being able to take a rest break when you need a rest break. Mm. Like you don't need to feel bad about taking a rest break. No, you, the the stuff that you feel like you need to get done, it's going to be there. Like you can get to it at a later time. Exactly. I love that. Take some time to yourself. It's totally okay. Mm -hmm. And when you do take time for yourself, you will perform better rather than continuously working so hard to the point where you're burnt out, you're stressed, you're miserable, you haven't eaten, you haven't slept. You don't want to, you don't want to show up in your life in those ways. You'd rather be rested and energized. So take that time. I actually have a friend of mine who she's a business owner herself, an entrepreneur. She's opening up a a boutique soon. And so she's had like a crazy busy schedule. And she shared on her story the other day that she scheduled in a rot day, R-O-T, rot, for her to rot. I love it. That's what it was called. It's called a rot day. And I am incorporating that immediately because I think that I think that like scheduling and planning like I mentioned earlier has been a big part of how I find balance I think when you're able to just schedule everything out you see it on a planner or on something it kind of for me at least brings me peace of mind but incorporating those rot days or those chill days or whatever in my schedule because it's just as important so that's what I would say to do as well like you know, take the time for yourself. Don't feel guilty, like Meredith is saying, and actually make the time, right? Because people will say, mm-hmm. oh, I don't have the time to take myself out or I don't have, it's like, okay, but if you were called into work, you would say, oh, well, I got to go to work, right? Like it's, a yep. you got to make it a priority because it's for yes. you. It's not selfish. It's not anything to feel sorry about. 
it's just going to make you feel good at the end of the day. So exactly. And yeah, you want to just like showing up as your best self Mm -hmm. starts with taking care of yourself. It's hard to feel bad about yourself if you're taking good care of yourself. And like, that's so essential is just like respecting your body and your well-being enough to be like, okay, I am running on empty. Like my body is telling me I need to slow down and like following through and listening to that need to slow down. Right. Oh, that's, that's good because sometimes I will say I need to slow down, but then I'll catch myself like starting to send an email or something. I'm like, no, I'm supposed to be (laughs) relaxing and doing nothing right now. So (laughs) it's definitely- It's a process of unlearning for sure. I think we can say that, right? Unlearning is kind of the the topic that I have found uh, every episode goes back to. It's just unlearning the things that we were once taught or we were once, you know, we were um, taught to believe are true, but don't hold truth for us anymore. Um, Yeah, so- That's that. But I, this has been such a great episode. You brought some really um, wonderful insight as I knew you would. Cause like I said, <laughs> we'd be having some real deep, intense conversations via DM and it's, I'm here so for it. <laughs> it's always great. Well, thank you Meredith so much for coming on today. Where can all the girls find you on Instagram? Oh yeah. Okay. So if you want to follow along on my creator journey on Instagram, um, I am at Meredith H Hodge. I'll yeah. put it in the description too, so they can see it um, and easily find you. But yes, definitely go check her out. She's in the creator space herself. She posts some really stunning photography at these beautiful places. <laughs> and um, yeah, no, you're just such a light, such a joy. I'm so happy our paths have crossed. And thank Me you too. for bringing your insight <laughs> on today's episode. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. This has been so fun. Of course, my (laughs) pleasure. And thank you all for tuning in to another episode. As always, I hope that you have a fabulous week and I will see you on Friday for another solo episode of A Girl's Guide (laughs) 2. Bye.